plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier, and you can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. We're recording this on Tuesday morning after the Cowboys had a pattern practice yesterday. For the most part, a lot of the guys that were injured returned. Uh, there was a few, uh, including a lot of rookies, Jordan Lewis, Ryan Switzer, Jadobi Awuzie, Marcus White, Xavier Woods, all of those guys set out with hamstring injuries. But a lot of the veterans, such as Chaz Green, Malik Collins, Tyron Smith, all returned to practice. Tyron Crawford still on crutches. We're going to make sure we update you guys on how that goes uh, in the next couple of days. We'll talk about who is likely going to play in the team's preseason game on Saturday against the Colts. Uh, likely Jalen Smith. Uh, Jalen might have had the play of uh, the day yesterday on the last play of team period in practice. Jalen Smith had a nice sack, uh, what would have been a sack on Kellen Moore, blitzed on the right-hand side through the uh, through the A-gap, got around, made a nice play at the quarterback. Probably one of his better plays throughout camp so far. Um, so I, it sounds like the Cowboys are progressing to have Jalen Smith on the field on Saturday night. Not sure how many snaps he's going to play, uh, if he's going to play with the first string defense, second string defense. We'll see. Sean Lee did not practice yesterday uh, as he's nursing a hamstring. Bryce Butler has a sore foot. So those are kind of the uh, big injuries we want to talk about real quick. On today's show, we're going to look at some of my offense notes from Saturday's preseason game. Yesterday, I was able to really get down and start to study some of the film but outside of just my initial reactions and watching through watching it through. So we're going to kind of run down through some of these notes. They may be a little bit scattered because of they're literally the exact, how I wrote my notes when I'm watching the game. So try to follow along. I apologize if it's a little scramble, but we'll do the best I can. So not surprisingly, this team went as the offensive line went, at least on offense. So uh, when Zach Martin and Lyle Collins and Travis Frederick were on the field, they were fine. Uh, I believe their first carry of the game was a wide zone run for Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden does not run wide zone very well, but they managed to have a nice five-yard run. And then the next two plays were incompletions by uh, Kellen Moore. or I believe a second down was a, the throw outside to, Kel- to uh, Andy Jones. The ball died on Kellen Moore. And then a short pass to Andy Jones on third down. So as long as those guys were on the field, the quarterback had, had a lot of protection. Uh, but as soon as as soon as Frederick and Martin came out of the game and they were playing with Burbank, uh, Cleary, Cooper, they struggled. Um, Moore was incredibly bad. Uh, and it was hard to evaluate the team's 
passing game because of how bad he was on Saturday night. Uh, there's not a lot of things that I can say about the um, receivers and tight ends just because Kellen Moore was so incompetent on Saturday night that you just couldn't see those guys. And this is what I talked about yesterday on the show. It's not fair to Noah Brown and the Andy Jones who are competing for roster spots that they've got to play with uh, Kellen Moore and Luke McCown. It's really not fair to their uh, their chance of making the roster. They're, they're struggling. I'm not going to say they're struggling. They're just not given the same chances that other receivers are around the league. Uh, Kellen Moore was very inaccurate, even with good protection. And that's what's scary is uh, you can provide a perfect pocket for Kellen Moore. And the Cowboys did early in that game. And it, it didn't seem to matter. And that's what's incredibly frustrating. Uh, as for Cooper Rush, we talked a little bit about him yesterday. Uh I thought he was accurate. I thought he made quick decisions. Um, he's a guy that isn't afraid to drive the ball on the outside, but he's also not afraid to take the check downs when he's there. Uh, most of the time, when you're watching a young quarterback, they will typically lock onto one player or one position group. Uh, most of the time, I would say that's a tight end. In preseason, in the end, in throughout the season, that changes a little bit because it gets harder to throw to the tight ends during the regular season. But they want short, easy throws typically. That didn't happen with Cooper Rush. I saw him making nice throws to running backs, tight ends, and receivers all over the field. His offensive line was not very good. Uh, he had to play with Dan Skipper and Burbank, and it was it was bad. But I saw enough pocket presence and elusiveness to think that he likely deserves a spot on, if not the Cowboys roster, somebody's roster. Uh, Luke McCown was terrible. He's going to cash in his check in by about three weeks. And that's it. Uh, he, he was signed to be a camp arm. He was signed to get the ball to the receivers in practice. And that's it. He, he just has no comprehension of the offense. It is what it is. He, he has no chance of making the roster. Uh, let's talk about the offensive line before we talk about some of the skill positions. Uh, we talked about Byron Bell. He was called for two penalties. Both of them were on Darren McFadden runs. One went for 11 yards. One went for three yards. The one was an egregious holding call. The other one I didn't think was too bad. He kind of got his arm uh, on the le- his left arm on the inside of a defender. The ref saw it through it. I thought it was questionable, but... Bell's biggest problem is his balance. If he gets off balance at all, he uh, he can be moved pretty easily. He he doesn't have the power that you would think he would have for being a big offensive lineman, but uh, and that's why I'm curious as to why the Cowboys signed him in the first place because he doesn't have the power to drive guys off the ball, but he also doesn't ha- doesn't have enough quickness to play in the wide zone uh, on the team's first carry of the game. Bell was beaten across his face on a wide zone. It didn't end up impacting the play, but that's where he's limited. He's just never going to be able to execute those reach blocks and get to the second level. Um, Frederick, fantastic. I, I still think he's the best center in the league. Uh, there was one run, I believe it was on the third drive of the game, 
where the fourth drive of the game, Frederick uh, executed a perfect reach reach block. I'll tweet it out because it was fantastic. I, it was one of the better blocks I've ever seen Frederick make. Possibly the best wide zone center I've ever seen. Zach Martin was fantastic. I'm not sure why those guys played the game so much. I didn't really think it was necessary. There was a play where Zach Martin got rolled up on by Byron Bell. Uh, I just don't, I didn't see the need to have those guys in a meaningless preseason game, especially when your starting quarterback's not out there. I understand keeping Martin and Frederick out there if Dak and Zeke are out there. They did not need to play with Kellen Moore. There really was no uh, good reason behind it. Uh, Collins is inconsistent, but not in the sense that inconsistent where he's getting beat often. Uh, he is a very dominant run blocker, but his, but his past sets need work. Um, I think they can come out kind of clunky at times, and it, it's a problem in the sense that speed rushers – will likely be able to beat him in the NFL. So how he's going to be able to counter that is the quarterbacks are probably going to have to take shorter drops, and he's just going to have to try to, to do his best to widen those rushers out. I don't see I don't see any scenario in the next couple of years where that doesn't become a problem because he's just a bigger offensive lineman with short arms. He's just not going to be able to deal with speed the same way that Tyron Smith did. But... He can make up for it in the running game by punishing those speed, you know, those edge rushers that have a lot of speed. Some of the lighter guys, he can absolutely move those guys off the ball. Um, it, I still think that the Cowboys made the right decision here because you can see, even from last week, Collins made a step in this game. You can see he's becoming more comfortable with this. And the idea is, you know, maybe not so much in 2017, but in 2018, 19, 20. If Collins can become a top 10 right tackle in the league, and I think that is very likely, your offensive line will be set. It's a lot easier to find guards in the NFL and plug in a guard than it is to find a right tackle. Okay, So just for that reason, I think it's going to be easier for the Cowboys if uh, they leave Collins on that right side. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of the other offensive linemen. Jonathan Cooper played center. With the second string, he played a little bit of guard in the second half. He's got some of the same problems that Byron Bell has. His balance needs work. Um, I thought he's okay in pass protection. He's a little bit stronger than I anticipated, but uh, he, he's going to have to make up for it in the passing game because I just don't think he's got the power to be a dominant run blocker, and it's clear that he doesn't have the same athleticism. Let's pause for a second to tell you about our friends at Sesney. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Sesney Premier Realty Group. The professional and experienced real estate agents of the Sesney Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none. Focused on building personal relationships with their clients, Sesney's Premier Realty Group realtors seek to understand their clients' needs and wants to ensure that those needs and wants are met every time and will strive to provide a hassle-free, buying and selling experience as they assist their clients with all their real estate needs. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Sesney Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. 
If you currently need or think you will have real estate needs in the future, contact the Sesney Premier Realty Group directly at 469-672-6987. That's 469-672-6987. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. That's yourdfwhomesolution.com. All right, let's talk about some of the other offensive linemen really quickly. Uh, Dan Skipper's terrible. That's all we need to say about him. Uh, Cleary struggled as the team's left tackle. He is just not an NFL caliber tackle. He doesn't have the speed to play on the outside. Um, he, I don't think he is even a guy that you want to pull up off the practice squad. I'm shocked that he made the roster last year. I think that's part of the reason why they signed Byron Bell is just in case they need to have an extra tackle. They can play Byron Bell out there, but Cleary is not an NFL player at all. Um, Looney did not play. I think he's dealing with a foot injury. Um, some of the other ones, Edwards, Burbank, neither of them were uh, noteworthy enough to make my notes. I think they're all just guys that you can pick up off the street if you ever need an offensive lineman. But if, you, if it ever gets to the point where the Cowboys need to play a Burbank or Edwards, they are in some serious trouble. All right, for some of the skill positions. I did not think McFadden looked too bad. I, I know a lot of people thought Darren McFadden looked washed up in the game. I did not get that uh, impression at all. He is what he is. So he is not a wide zone runner. He, he has never been. He's not a guy that's going to stick his foot in the ground once he reads the outside end and get up the field. He's an upright runner that when he, gets, when his, he builds up his top speed, he can be dangerous to tackle. He plays with little power, uh, not as much as you would like to see, but there was a couple times where the all the gaps were filled and he put his shoulder down and picked up two yards. He can pass protect some. He can catch out of the backfield. He can play on special teams if you need him. Um, I didn't think he looked that bad. Uh, his balance needs work. That's probably not going to change at this point in his career, but he is kind of what he is. Uh, Alfred Morris didn't get a ton of work. Um, by the time he came in, the offensive line was terrible. Uh, I'm not going to criticize him about in this game at all because there was just nothing he could do with the unit he had to play behind. Rod Smith didn't play very much in this game for whatever reason. I think he only had one carry for two yards. Um, I still think he's going to be the team's third running back because of all the different hats that he can wear on game day. Ronnie Hillman was the other running back that the Cowboys used. Uh, he's got a little bit more quickness than some of the other two, or the other three running backs we talked about. Um, it, I wouldn't say that he's a Lance Dunbar type of player because I don't think he's that explosive as a receiver, but he's got the most juice in his legs out of all those other guys. I don't think Hillman has a realistic chance to make this roster. I think he's a guy that the Cowboys brought in just to get through practices and the preseason games. I'm not convinced that Hillman has any real shot of making this roster. Keith Smith um, maybe has a chance to be one of the more improved players on this team. Uh, it's clear that he worked on his hands this year, and they worked. he worked on his pass protection abilities. There was a time early in the game when Kellen Moore was on the field that a linebacker blitzed, and Keith Smith stoned him right at the line of scrimmage. 
I'm not sure how likely it is that the Cowboys use him on third downs to pass protect, but if Ezekiel Elliott does in fact miss six games, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have Smith out there because of his physicality and because he's shown that he is at least a reliable receiver. He's not going to make guys miss after the catch. Um, he's just going to kind of put his shoulder down and get what's there. That player has a role in today's NFL. If you can keep Dak Prescott upright and you can keep him on the field and you can keep him protected, I think Keith Smith might be the guy that they use on third downs to uh, to protect their quarterback as long as Ezekiel Elliott is out. Uh, let's talk about Rico Gathers a little bit. Uh, we talked about him a little yesterday, but I was impressed by just how physically dominant he is. You just watch him on the field, and it doesn't take a great scout to see this, but this is just a guy that's bigger and more athletic than everybody. What I've been also impressed with is his hands. He's had no problem catching the ball. The one thing I've been impressed with with Rico is his hands. There were a couple different times in that game where Kellen Moore put him in some awfully difficult situations in terms of catching the ball, and he snatched the ball right out of the air. There was one on a... Just a route right in the middle of the field that Kellen Moore threw the ball high, and he threw it a little bit too far to the inside, and Rico snatched it right away from the defensive guy. No problem. So I think that Rico has got a great chance to be a really good receiving tight end. Uh, he's still he's got to work as a as a run blocker. He actually had a holding call in this game where he kind of let he let the defender get too far on the outside, and then he just didn't let him go. Um. Thought he was okay as a pass protector. I was kind of shocked in that sense. But possibly his work as an offensive tackle last year in the scout team, maybe it helped him a little bit there. Um, he also covered punts. He he plays out of the slot. He plays in the outside. There's just no way that Rico's not on the 53-man roster. And I think he is quickly growing as a player in the preseason. It would be very unwise for the Cowboys to keep him off the field because this is just a guy that is more athletic than the rest of the NFL. And that's hard to do. It's hard to find a guy that is just that much more talented than the guys around him. If it was me running the Cowboys, even if it meant just putting him on the field for 10 plays a game, but I want to find him 10 plays that he can contribute on because he's going to be an impactful player in the NFL if he's used in the right way. Maybe you just use him in the red zone. Maybe you just use him on third downs. Maybe you use him on, you know, inside the five-yard line. I don't care what it is. There's got to be a way to get Rico on the field and a plan to use him because this is just too good of a player to not use. Uh, as for some of the other tight ends on the roster, uh, Jeff Swain only played a couple snaps. I thought he looked okay. James Hanna did not play. Jason Witten did not play. I know there's been some talk about whether the Cowboys should use Rico above Hannah or Swaim. I will say this. I think Hannah, as long as he is healthy, his spot is safe because of all the different things he can use do as a blocker. Uh, he's absolutely sticking on this roster. Uh, Swaim, I can see a scenario in which Rico jumps in because I think Rico can do all of the things Swaim can do, but Swaim might be a little bit more of a sound blocker at this point. Um, let's jump to receivers really quickly. Uh, Dez did not play. Terrence Williams played. I thought he had one drop on a comeback route. A little bit outside of his body, but I could catch that he needs to make on third down. 
Uh, Andy Jones played a little bit in the first half with Kellen Moore. It's clear that Kellen Moore likes him. Uh, I thought Andy Jones is a fluid player, but he doesn't. he's not a very explosive player, and that's a little bit concerning. Noah Brown was a much more explosive player, and I didn't anticipate that at all. I think if he wouldn't have fumbled his screen pass, he probably would have scored. Um, I, he's a fantastic blocker. The Cowboys use him to come inside and motion inside and take on defense ends. They they uh, they trust him as a blocker. They trust him on the outside. They're trying to get him the ball. I just think this is a guy that I think he's just turned 21 years old. If you can somehow either stash him on the practice squad or stash him as a six receiver all year long and you wait until his 22, 23, 24-year-old season, I think there's something there. I don't. He's never probably going to be a number one receiver, but you could probably get a really physical number two receiver. Brian Brown uh, makes a bunch of plays. He made a, a nice play in the Arizona game. He made a nice catch in the Rams game. Not a spot on this roster for him. Maybe he makes a practice squad, but I think he's going to stick in the league because it's clear that he has talent. Um, the rest of the guys are... Cuttable, Lance Lenore was awful in this game. Uh, fumbled a couple punts, penalties. Just didn't know what he was doing on the field. He's not going to stick on the roster for very much longer. That's it for my offensive notes tomorrow. I will fill you in on all the defensive notes that I had. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Cowboys. Any questions you have, send them in. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.